time for re-engineering your finances with the founder of CP Weldy Group, Charles Weldy. Welcome back to Reengineering Your Finances. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Charles Weldy, founder and certified financial planner, as well as a CPA at CP Weldy Group. The man, the myth, and the legend that we turn to each and every episode to get guidance through this financial planning world and prepare for retirement. Charles, I'm ready for another great episode with you today. We're uh, we're both having to unbutton, I think, our top uh, pant buttons here a little bit after Thanksgiving just ended, uh, right after, uh, right before we record today's episode. But uh, did you eat a little too much turkey, or uh, how did you uh, fare the last couple? I, of days? I had enough turkey, but I actually I'm the pie guy, so I got a cherry pie, an apple pie, a coconut custard, a pumpkin, and uh, what was the other one? A blueberry. So, oh my I mean, goodness, my friend, you know, that is a lot of pie. Yeah, it was a lot. And I didn't eat it all, but I had you know maybe two or three pieces. Of, <laughs> Of each one? Not of each one. Oh, okay. You know, two, All right. two or three, like, you know, over the, the three-day weekend. Nice. You know? Yeah. yeah. But no, that's a great. lot of pie. Are you a crust guy? Do you like the pie crust? I love the crust, yeah. We yeah, usually get our pies. It's the best part. Uh, yeah, we get our pies at this Amish place. Uh, you know, it, it, they make them unbelievable. So they're, And they make half pies. So that's why I got such a variety. I can oh, get okay. Half well, pies. that's perfect. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. You that's know, the way everybody to Everybody had what they wanted. My favorite cheesecake is uh, is is from the Amish. The Amish cheesecake is just oh, okay. incredibly good. Uh, they, yeah. they, well, I mean, they make everything good, right? Uh, absolutely, they're doing something right. They work three days a week. Well, they probably work seven days a week. But we only see them three days a week. That's right. Know, at, that's right. At the, yeah. at the market, you, you know, don't see so all the back end work going yeah. into it. Exactly. Well, that is pretty cool. You've got me hungry again. We uh, we skipped the traditional turkey this year, and we did uh, we did some duck instead of turkey so we oh, we really? did the duck part of the turducken and because uh, it, it was just my wife and i this year and right. uh and, and so we uh we didn't need the the humongous turkey so we went with a smaller duck and it was tasty yeah very very good. i like i like duck as an appetizer i don't really like it as an entree you know mm-hmm. a little too much but hey you know each their own but that's it's great pretty rich eat. It's pretty yeah, rich. Absolutely. Well, we didn't have eight different kinds of pie to work through, so <laughs> you know, we, we got our richness in the duck. We we only had a a store bought uh, little yeah. side uh, pumpkin pie to, yeah. to eat. Well, so. there's always next year, Walter. That's right. Well, we we did a friendsgiving back before the, but uh, you know, a couple of days before the big Thanksgiving. Uh, so we had we went over to a friend's house and did some friendsgiving stuff, and that was more of the that was where we kind of got all of our traditional stuff. So we loaded up there with all the turkey and the cranberry sauce and everything being homemade. So when it was just the two of us and uh, we, we were renting a little, uh, we were doing a little, you know, kind of holiday vacation. And so we were just in a small little like, uh, you know, one bedroom apartment kind of place. And uh, uh, when we went skiing over the uh, over the holiday. Oh, so it was, it was just the two of us and the dog. So we just kept it, kept it simple nice. and easy. And so the, the duck was the treat. Everything else was just like store bought for the actual Thanksgiving. So. <laughs> but it, it, was, it was fun. Well, uh, let's talk about uh, our topic today. Uh, you know, after eating all that stuff for Thanksgiving, I think this is an appropriate topic to pick at, back up with in December. Uh, we're going to talk about running, <laughs> running off all of those calories a little bit here, Charles. Uh, we're calling this one the Retirement Marathon, How to Finish the Race, because you know what? Getting through retirement can be a lot like running a marathon. And uh, maybe if we think about running a little bit, it'll help us burn a few extra calories uh, from our you know, Thanksgiving indulgences. So we're going to look at three big similarities between getting to the finish line in a race, like a marathon, and retirement. And so I'm looking forward to chatting with you about these different things, Charles. Uh, sure. First, both of these are going to take planning 
and preparation. You know, a lot of people assume that training for a marathon involves just going for a long run every day, but you actually have to plan a lot for it, Charles. You've got uh, most people follow a six-month training plan. You know, a, a short training plan is considered three months. They mix in days with light runs, some days with long runs, other days with shorter, faster runs. They'll do like circuits or sprints. So uh, quite a bit of variety, a lot of planning and preparation. And since we just went Thanksgiving, I didn't even touch on the food part of the preparation. (laughs) But all that goes into preparing for a marathon. What about some similarities between that and retirement planning? Well, you know, obviously you got to plan and prepare for retirement. And one of the things that uh, a lot of people aren't aware of, or maybe they'll get more aware of it today, is uh, where their dollars, their investment dollars are located. Um, we really have three choices. It's either tax deferred, where most of us have the bulk of our money, taxable accounts, or tax-free accounts. And the reality of it is, is uh, you know, most of us are top-heavy and tax deferred. Walter, because we've always been trained to like get that deduction today, save the taxes today, and worry about tomorrow tomorrow. But the reality of it is, is you know, I just met a couple that, you know, they were fortunate to save like about one point four million dollars. But the the bad part about that is, you know, the bulk of their money, like one point two million, is in their pre tax account. So those assets aren't worth as much because when they start taking them out, they're going to have to pay a toll charge to Uncle Sam. So that's critical you know, uh, basically where your dollars are invested, you want to have a balance between tax deferred, taxable and tax free. So that's number one. The other uh, area that I see people don't really prepare as much as they should is in when and how they're going to take their social security benefit. Now, obviously, you can take it early, you can take it at normal retirement date, which for most people on this call might be age 67, or you can delay it to age 70. The problem, though, is that, you know, a lot of people that come in for retirement planning, uh, they've already made that decision. And, uh, you know, once you've collected those monies for a year, you can't, you know, you can stop it, but you can't reverse it, so to speak. So the point I want to make is that, you know, when you make a bad decision or perhaps not the best decision on when to take your Social Security, that's not just one mistake. If you have a 25, 30-year retirement, that could be like 300 mistakes. So that's another thing that's really crucial about preparing for retirement is, you know, you want to plan and prepare, you know, when you're going to get that Social Security benefit to really maximize all the monies that you put in there over uh, the many years that you've worked. And lastly, um, in terms of preparation and planning, there are times when people have the option of taking a pension or a lump sum. And uh, I know for most people, a pension sounds like great. You know, there's a lot of people that don't have pensions that wish they had one. But some of the problems with pensions are that once you elect to take that pension in lieu of a lump sum, what you're really doing, Walter, in most cases is you're ensuring that your Social Security benefit will be taxed in perpetuity. Because um, Social Security, how that's taxed is they just take half of your benefit and they add all your other income. And if your pension is a decent pension, you know, obviously that decision of X amount of dollars a month after taxes could be a lot less than if you actually tried to create one on your own. So there are just three examples, you know, where you have your assets located. Are they in taxable, tax-free, tax-deferred? You know, when are you going to take your Social Security benefit? Is it, you know, better to take it soon, sooner rather than later or delay it? And uh, if you have an opportunity to take a pension versus a lump sum, 
really look into the pros and cons of maybe um, taking that lump sum and actually like creating your own pension, which might be a better, you know, um, outcome in the long run. But obviously, you know, you got to crunch the numbers. Great points across the board there, Charles. Planning and preparation, I mean, obviously key in anything in life, but we really see it ring true in these two examples. Preparing for that race makes a big difference and obviously making it all the way through retirement. It's a long time horizon, and so we've got to be prepared and ready for that. All right, something else. Uh, we didn't touch a whole lot on the food part of the planning and preparation because it really deserves its own section in the conversation here, Charles. So most people aren't running a marathon right after Thanksgiving because before a marathon, uh, you know, people are doing uh, various things to get ready. Now, sure, there might be a carbo load somewhere in there days before the race to prepare. Um, you know, part of that reason, body burning carbs more efficiently than it's burning fats. So you want to have the right amount of those in your system to help you while you're running. I know a lot of runners for longer distance even have these little these little packets of protein gel, but they also have like, you know, sugar in them for quick usage, quick energy storage, that kind of thing. So there's a lot of science and, and you know, and effort and uh, concentration about having a proper diet in racing. What might be the equivalent of that in preparing for retirement? Well, um, I don't know if you've heard of the money cycle, but basically the money cycle for most people is, hey, you know, we're going to accumulate while we're working. And then when we decide to retire, we're going to go right to distribution. So basically, it's really a two-step process for most people. The money cycle is, hey, A, accumulate, and then B, distribute once you, you know, decide to retire. But I think what most people are missing, especially when I do plans, is they're missing that middle piece, the preservation piece. I guess the danger would be that if you didn't have this preservation piece and you're pulling money out of an account that's down in value, you'll never get that money again. You know, it's gone because the market went down. So what we try to do is we try to educate our clients on the value of having a preservation piece. So I'll give you an example. Let's just say that on a monthly basis, when one's retired, they figure out they need $3,000 a month on top of their Social Security and whatever pension they may have. So they're $3,000 a month short. We'll multiply that by 12 months to get 36000 and then we'll multiply that by 10 years to get $360,000. And what we'll do, Walter, is we'll actually like carve a piece of their portfolio, $360,000, put it in that preservation piece, and actually establish a floor. So we'll invest it in, in certain accounts that can't go down in value unless you pull money out. And the reality of it is if we do that properly, if we get that number correct, it doesn't have to be exact, but if we get a good ballpark figure of what they're going to spend on top of their Social Security and pension throughout, say, a 10-year time horizon, it gives us permission to take the remaining monies, invest it maybe more aggressively in a later bucket for you know a 10-plus year time horizon. And basically, that's really going to protect them from what they call sequence of returns risk, which really means that, hey, if you're pulling money out of an account that went down in value, you'll never get it back. You have to have a, an, a, an account value that's more predictable than unpredictable. So I see that as a really major concern when people are getting ready to retire. They really have one portfolio where, in essence, if they had two, one for income and one for growth, and obviously over time, the growth will replenish the income, they're going to be in much better shape and perhaps their emotions, you know, when markets go down, won't get the best of them because they know they have, hey, another five years, six years worth of income in that preservation piece. Does that make sense? 
It does make sense, yeah. And I think that's a great way to think about that comparison of having that proper diet in place. If you have any questions for Charles, by the way, about planning for retirement, your finances, getting ready for that financial finish line in your life, uh, give him a call, 610-388-7705. Charles is the founder of CP Weldy Group. He not only is a CPA, but also a certified financial planner. He's also online at cpweldygroup.com. All right, Charles, another comparison here, our third and final one. Don't start too fast. That's another big secret and big helper to a lot of people who run a marathon. It's tempting to go out fast. You're feeling good. The adrenaline's flowing. And you might start out on a terrific pace. But if you don't go at an appropriate speed in those early miles, you're going to have some trouble at the end, especially those full marathons where you're getting into mile 20, 21, and 22. They're going to start getting pretty tough by the end. And you may find yourself not able to finish the race. I actually have a a personal anecdote on this one, Charles. I did a race a couple of months back. And uh, I didn't know, but the race went straight downhill <laughs> to begin the race. So oh, wow. <laughs> I started out at a full sprint straight down this hill. And uh, it felt like it was a great way to start it. But sure enough, I was feeling it about, you know, two minutes into the race going, oh, my gosh, I've started way too fast. There's no way I can sustain this. And the rest of the race was quite painful. Luckily, that was only a six-miler, not a 26-miler. So uh, I, I wasn't in too bad a shape. But if it had been a longer race, I'd have been in big trouble. So in any event, don't start too fast is a good lesson in marathon training. What about retirement planning? Well, I think the uh, correlation there in retirement planning would be don't spend too much or don't spend too little. Spending is a big deal in retirement, and it's probably one of the most important factors in a retirement plan, and most people don't really have a good handle on that. Traditional plans, and I used to do a lot of traditional plans, we would say, hey, what do you think you're spending per month? They would say $8,000 per month, and then we would compound that at 3% over 25, 30-year retirement. But the reality of it is there's a a gentleman by the name of Tom Hegna. I don't know if you ever heard of him. Have you ever heard that name, Tom Hegna? Oh, yeah. He's a pretty uh, pretty big voice in the retirement community. Right? Yeah. I mean, Tom, Tom he's, he's been in a couple of collegiums, you know, for the group that I'm with. And basically, he has this saying. He says, hey, the 70s are your go-go years. You know, when you're in your 70s, it's go, go, go. Travel, see things that you've always wanted to see, get it off your bucket list. Your 80s are your slow-go years. Hey, you're slowing down a little bit. Maybe that back's hurting a little bit. Um, you know, you're not as active as you used to be in your 70s. So they're your slow-go years. And then 90s are your no-go years. So the point I want to make there, Walter, is that, you know, when people retire, generally speaking, they will most likely spend more money traveling in their early retirement years and less in their later retirement years. They might spend less in medical in their early in retirement, more later retirement. So the point I want to make is that what we've been doing is we've been actually like giving clients a, you know, a template uh, to, to, for them to get an idea of like what their expenses are in retirement. And we might say, hey, you really think you'll be driving your car at age 92 or, you know, just asking the questions that otherwise we wouldn't have asked them had they not had that template. And what we're finding is that people that normally would have run out of money, say at age 93, 94, now have more than enough money at age 100 because we're fine tuning those expenses and taking out those things that probably won't be there later in retirement. And, and, you know, I think it it gives you a much better picture. But I would just say this. Here's a good formula for people on this podcast. Uh, It's a good rule of thumb. It's my rule of thumb. I kind of stole from a gentleman by the name of Nick Murray. But he says, hey, 
you know, what, what's your total investments? What do you have in, in terms of your total investments? And let's just say, for example, it was a million bucks, all right? He says, all right, you had a million dollars, multiply it by four and a half percent. So four and a half percent of a million dollars is $45,000. What you do is you divide that by 12 months, that's $3,750 a month. That's basically what you might be able to take out of your portfolio on a monthly basis starting now, if you had a million dollars, you know, with a high degree of probability that you're going to run out of air before you run out of money. So it's really the four and a half percent rule. I know that there's people out there maybe listening to this podcast and say, hey, wait a minute, I just read in Morningstar that the four percent rule is no good anymore. It's actually two and a half or three. But I'm telling you, if your assets are located properly, and we talked earlier on this podcast, hey, you have a good balance between taxable, tax-free, and tax-deferred. And, um, you know, you have a good handle on what your investments are worth, and you multiply that by that 4.5% factor and divide it by 12 months, you'll have a pretty good idea of what you can spend in retirement. And then really, like, the answer to that, if you don't have enough, is, hey, you got to work a little bit more or spend a little bit less. But that's a really a good uh, rule of thumb when it comes to, you know, spending is uh, how much can you spend? You know, you really got to look at the big picture. And the big picture is, hey, you know, take 4.5% of your uh, investment balance, but also take the additional time and effort to write down where the money's going because uh, not all that money is going to go up by 3% every year for the rest of your life. Great illustrations today, Charles. Thanks for having a little fun with us today. I know it was probably painful to think about going and running on our full stomachs after all that pie and uh, Thanksgiving food the last couple of days, but uh, th this was a great topic to dive into. Even if you're not a runner, uh, per se, I think you can kind of pick up on some of what we're talking about here. Planning and preparation, that, that proper diet, you know, making sure that you've got the right balance of things in your portfolio, and then not starting too fast, keeping the long picture in mind. You know, retirement is, uh, is not a sprint. It is a marathon indeed. So make sure that you're following those kinds of principles. And if you don't have a plan that's built to fit uh, kind of some of the principles that we've talked about over the last couple of minutes. We'll give Charles a call. He can go through a review process with you, make sure that your plan is not only properly adjusted for your particular situation, but that it's also tax efficient and all sorts of other layers and components. Charles will walk you through the planning process, review your plan with you, and make sure that you're well prepared for your retirement future. If you want to talk about getting a complimentary review and having that conversation with Charles, you can reach out very easily by calling 610 388-7705, 610-388-7705, or you can go online to cpweldygroup.com and get in touch with Charles through the website that way as well. Charles, thank you for all the help. Really appreciate it, and uh, we'll look forward to another good episode with you soon. Thank you, Walter. All right, appreciate it. That's Charles Weldy. I'm Walter Storholt. Thanks for joining us, everybody. We'll talk to you next time right back here on Reengineering Your Finances. Financial planning and advisory services are offered through Prosperity Capital Advisors, PCA, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Registration as an investment advisor does not imply a certain level of skill or training. The CP Weldy Group and PCA are separate, non-affiliated entities. PCA does not provide tax or legal advice.